Yo, and welcome to the Fight Scene Podcast with me, Bailey, and... Rossi. So, uh, this is our pilot episode for today. First time doing anything like this. Not You'll have to bear with us. We've, yeah, we've had a bit of trouble setting it up and that, but, you know, we've, we've got the ball rolling now. So, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get on the road. So, um, I think the first thing for us to do is... Um, Tell everyone uh, how we met, why we want to start it, etc. So I'll let you take the lead on that, Rossi. Well, for a start, we're a couple of massive UFC, MMA, combat sports fans. We've been following it practically as entire lives. We met through the sport. We've been to events all over the world together, from Vegas to New York, back home here, Poland. Like I said, we've been everywhere to watch these massive UFC events. And uh, like I said, there's some really big events on the horizon coming up. And we want to give our take on them from a fan's point of view. And I hope you all like enjoy it, really. So the, the reason we've decided to start it now is this uh, this week is kind of a landmark for us. Because it's a year <laughs> since we met. And with the MSG card coming up, 217, we actually met at the first MSG card at the weigh-ins at 205. It was absolutely madness yeah, that we, weekend. We were walking out. Me and my, uh, me, me and my girlfriend, Laura... We, uh, we flew out to MSG, obviously, for the Connor fight against Eddie. And um, no ticket, no nothing. And then uh, we managed to get into the weigh-ins. And that's where I met you, innit? Yeah, met at the weigh-ins. We're talking and that. Rossi was saying... 20,000 oh, 20, packed house at the weigh-in. I didn't have a ticket. And I was like, oh, can you do anybody that can get hold of me any tickets? Anybody that can get hold of me any tickets? And then there were some touts outside that were like, yeah. Yeah, like we'll have tickets tomorrow. No doubt there'll be some come up because it was just sold out, weren't it? Like no, not a cutting else chance. Online they were selling for like two thousand dollars, and the face value was like four fifty. So it was just absolutely ridiculous. But uh, I managed to track one down the next day, and obviously Matthew came and met me. We uh, <laughs> we compared tickets to make sure it was a real one, and then literally the most heart wrenching moment, the most nervous I was of the whole weekend was when I gave it to that guy to scan it, and I was like, this is it, $600 for a ticket, make or break, and he scanned it, and he was like, bruh, bruh, bruh. I was like, that's it, the whole holiday is <laughs> over right here, right now, but yeah, it was an amazing trip, and uh, we've done many more since then, and like I said, we've just gone from like strength to strength, haven't we, and it's, it's yeah, led to this it, point so. where we, we ring up usually, we call each other, well, I can speak about MMA for about like an hour and a half, two hours, Every week, so like this is just like a natural progression, really, because we might as well put it out there because I know that people will be interested in our like opinions and ideas on what's coming up and what have you. But uh, yeah, it doesn't come much bigger than what's uh, occurring this weekend. Two seventeen. It's going to be a big one, man. I'm absolutely buzzing for it. Yeah, I can't wait. The, uh, Michael Bisping, def- Michael Bisping defending this title. GSP return. They've, the UFC have pumped a lot of. Uh, advertising money into GSP returning. Like, oh, yeah. They, 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 you were actually there, weren't you, when uh, Bisping won the title in LA? Yeah, I was there at 199. So um, I was out working in America, obviously. Um, just before I flew out to start working, it got announced that Bisping was going to step in late notice. So I already had my eyes on going. Luckily, found out the day before on the Friday that I could get the Saturday off work. Me and my mate bought tickets. Um, off Ticketmaster and luckily it did it sold out and we went to it and it was unbelievable and the whole yeah. card though the whole card was 199 was just unbelievable it's one of the best cards I've been to and you've been to a lot how many UFC events would you say oh, well not UFC yeah UFC events how many UFC events would you say you'd attended altogether 14 I think to this day 14 that's just yeah. UFC that's not how many events have been in Vegas about eight, Vegas has been about 8 or 9 of them hasn't there <laughs> the majority met not that many, maybe four. Yeah. You, um, like I said, we, we follow it all over the place. And I don't think there's a card we've ever missed, is there? It's like the other, last weekend there was boxing on one screen, there was Cage Warriors on another screen, UFC on another screen. Well, it was literally... it. Not only it's... this weekend have you got 217, you've got your, your Bellator, Linton Fizzell, yep. UK guys going for uh, light heavyweight gold against Bader. Um, that would be interesting. Uh, hopefully he well, does the job and he, he can come back into and get Bellator well, definitely, into London. Yeah into all that but like I said we'll start with this uh, BS, uh, BSP <laughs> GSP Bisping fight 
like I said, they put put a lot of promotion into this. I know they've done like a mini world tour sort of thing that was literally only uh, America and Canada. I would have liked to have seen them done a press conference in like Manchester because I think yeah, that would have brought out all the Bisping fans. Yeah, definitely because they visited Canada for GSP, so why not UK for Bisping? You know. That's it. Like, GSP, they all talk about him being this massive sort of pay-per-view drawer and what have you. Don't get me wrong. Like, he did lead the way back when he... So Brock came on the scene, then Ronda and Connor that average at well over a million. I think GSP used to... His average pay-per-view was around 700,000, and I'd imagine that that's practically what this will do. Yeah. New York, obviously, it adds a little bit more to the uh, sort of occasion. And uh, like him against Bisping fighting for his second world title, that obviously led to occasion as well. I've just seen this just uh, just before we start recording. So they've actually slashed a couple of the ticket prices, and you can get up to twenty five percent off the original ticket prices on tickets at the box office now. So what you're basically saying is cancel the recording. We're going to New York. I wish I could get it off work. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you're like working all this year now, it's like he's doing a promotional sort of. Yeah, so basically yeah, my, yeah. my time off is very limited to when I've got set dates I can have it, so I can't just go as and when I please. But Otherwise, this would have been one that we would have 100% been oh, attending. I, I, I would have been there, 100%. On it. Well, like I said, basically, how do you see the fight going down? Well, it all depends. It's, GSP keeps saying he's reinvented and he's this new style and he, he's he's different from before, but... Do you believe that? Do you think he's... You know, I just... I just... Personally, I think Bisping's takedown defence in that division is one of the best. Like I said, he's like... Out of his last nine fights, bearing in mind his last fight was literally four years ago to the day when the fight is. It's practically four years ago to the day. He last fought November 16th in 2013 against Johnny Hendricks. But before that, Nine, well, obviously that was a decision as well, but eight of his last nine fights were by decision. So he is not going to come with, with a new game plan. It's literally just going to be take down at any cost and just try and hold Bisping down but and grind that decision. Yeah, Bisping's going to know this, isn't he? He's not, you know, his, his takedown defence, if you watch Bisping, his takedown defence is good. But, you know, G- GSP's timing on his takedowns is something else, though. So, you know... Oh. Is he? It's just it's one of them, really. But personally, well, if you I, listen I to the uh, if you listen to the Chael Sonnen podcast, he uh, he clearly said he trained. He'd obviously fought Michael, and he's uh, trained with GSP. And he says even though there'll probably be a twenty pound weight differential on the night, it looks like that GSP is going to be the stronger of the two fighters. But like I say, there is a big difference between the training ground and fighting the yeah. top, top contenders, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, like, his last pay-per-view, GSP's only did 630,000, so I think you'll see would be happy if it did that. I think they wanted to do, like, a yeah, million. Yeah, but... the last couple have only done about 200k, if that really. They've not 125 done... last yeah. two, but it's just, that, re- it, like, they really need this kick up the backside, but, uh, like I said, Michael will be going in, knowing that he has to uh, pick him off, keep away from that takedown defence, and then, hopefully, I think he'll be able to finish him, mate. Oh, I do. Like, I, I know that and you know it's what, wishful Bis- thinking. We'll come on to this later into the podcast, but um, Bisping's actually the underdog last time I looked. Oh, well. I bet it's very close, though. Yeah, it, it, it's getting closer than that, but my honest prediction, I, I think, I agree with you, I think Bisping's just going to be too big. Um, his take oh, yeah, that's is, is such a big amount of times. Like, that's ridiculous. I think he's going to... Uh, I think Bisping's going to get the finish. Oh, it's so close. The odds, it's literally straight down the middle. <laughs> literally straight down the middle. But, uh, like I said, yeah, if Bisping gets the finish, you've got to think, sort of, what's, what's next, next for him? him. Well, oh. funny you say that, because um, I've seen uh, the UFC have announced uh, UFC 221, I believe, in Perth, Australia next year. Yeah. And they've actually had perfect. Robert Whittaker doing the promotion for it. It's perfect timing, isn't it? So, so is that, but, 221, when will that drop? I think it's, is it March? No, it's January. I think 220 is in Boston. Oh, yeah, definitely Boston, that one. 
and then 221 will be Perth, Australia, but I don't know the date they've announced for it. February the 11th it is. So that gives them a solid four months between then and there to uh, prepare for it, regardless of who it is. But I think with them booking that, they're obviously aiming at Whitaker headlining. Yeah. They've got an arena there that holds 15,500, and they've got a stadium that holds 60,000. And uh, I'd imagine with the Australian fans being as rabid as they usually are with every other sport, that they would they'd be pretty easily sell out the 65,000. I mean, they did for Ronda, didn't they? Yeah, look at that. Was that the Etihad Stadium? Yeah, exactly. That was immense. So when they've got a hometown boy to uh, <laughs> to cheer on, because I'm sure when, I, uh, when I was at two thirteen, when uh, Whitaker fought Romero, there, there was a lot of Australian, uh, even New Zealand people came over to support Whitaker. So Jesus, imagine in his, in, in Australia, it's going to be even. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it's a solid like wild print. Yeah, well, absolutely like a wild thing. It's like one of them, and it's like when you just put uh, when you put somebody like Whitaker in his hometown, especially when they're defending slash trying to unify well, look, the belt. Look at when they, put, um, when they put Bisping on in Manchester at two o four. The card was at like five in the morning, and he still sold it out because it had Bisping <laughs> yeah. on it. So it just that's absolutely ridiculous. Because obviously, the bulk of their uh, their income it comes from like pay per view buys, yeah, doesn't pay, it? Pay per views is where it's at. And I don't. The Australian time difference is quite. Quite significant in that because I know. I think the fact that I think the fact that they've made the UFC it's not a fight night and it's not obviously a Fox card. It's a pay per view card and that's been announced. That obviously I think it sets it in stone that it's got to be Whitaker. Well, especially when they've got him promoting the card. They've had him promoting yeah. today with his belt in in Australia. So it'd be a pretty dick move if they uh, promoted Robert Whitaker and they, he's on the card. He's got to be. Do you know what I mean? I'm actually just reading it now as well that it's at the Perth Arena, so that's 15,500 fans. So how much did, I thought the, how much did the, the Etihad hold when uh, Holly Holmes... It was somewhere between 65 and 70, weren't it? Because uh, did it break the gate record or did GSP against Shields still hold that in uh, Canada? I believe the home one broke the, broke the record. Obviously, last year's uh, MSG card absolutely obliterated. Yeah, I don't, I don't think this MSG card's going to uh, break any records. Well, I think that from where they're uh, sort of judging it, I think they'll be lucky to sell it out. Like, obviously, New York is a very, like, populated... It's only the second populated. second massive event there. Well, it's only the second massive event at MSG. Yes, yeah, so I, I think they're banking on the fact that there's that many people there that it's just bound to sell out. When they set the ticket prices as ridiculous as they do, like, P1 was... They were, same, they were all lines of Connor tickets, weren't they? They're only about $200 off. And exactly, that's what I mean. So, it's like for a, where I was sat in uh, for the MSG last year, the first value tickets were six hundred dollars. Then you were in the upper tier, sort of about ten rows back. Then that same ticket's like nearly five hundred dollars for this. So no one's going to pay that for GSP. They're just not going to do it. No, nah, well that, that's it, isn't it? So, uh, we've but been... like I said, the uh, they've definitely stacked the card for it though. Oh yeah, they have. Well, same as the first time they, they came to MSG. Yeah, they've stuck the car. They had no choice. It's been a quiet year without Connor. It's been a quiet year leading up to this point, but like it, it, it's all cyclical. But like you have a quiet run, and then that, obviously we haven't had any Connor, Connor, but I've kind of liked it as well. It kind of works yeah, both yeah. ways because you can concentrate on other stars rising through. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And there's been a lot of them, but like for example, Cody in the co-main event. Yeah, so we got Cody versus Dillashaw. So this fight was meant to happen at two thirteen. Um, this is going to be. Unreal. Yeah, you were heartbroken when it weren't happening, weren't you? Yeah, that that card just. The less we say about that card, the better, really, because it just fell to pieces. <laughs> it just literally just fell to pieces week by week. Even when I was in the pool, like three hours before the, three four hours before the, the uh, card, just well due to when I was going to really get ready, and someone just told me, "Oh, Nunes has pulled out." I was like, "Shut up, behave." And then looked on my What do you think is? Uh, what do you think's cool? his route to victory if he was to beat TJ it's a tough one because I don't think I really think like Garbrandt is a level above he is he's a level above he proved that against Cruz because let's face it right everyone thought Garbrandt was going to go against Cruz and he had a puncher's chance right and believe it or not Garbrandt did to Cruz what everyone thought Cruz was going to do to Cody oh yeah time a lesson oh absolutely and you know, fair play to Dominic Cruz because he was so humble in defeat. He handled that loss like a, a true champion. But 
I think um, the thing is, though, what you've got to think, our emotions going to play with this fight. Yeah. We said that, though, didn't we, about when you were fighting, um, when you were fighting Cruz. He gets on the camera, Cody, and it just looks like he's ready to boil. He's ready to just start kicking off with cameramen, everything. Backstage, he started fights with everybody. And then when he got in the ring, at the cage, he was cool as cucumber. Yeah. It was just, that was it, it was off, he was firing in all cylinders, he didn't miss a shot, he read everything perfectly, and I just think, TJ's a very, very experienced and I complete think, fighter. I think it's going to be a very tactical fight, because they both used to train together, so they both know a lot about each other. Exactly, the fact that they both train together, that is absolutely massive, but obviously they never trained with each other, in front of 25,000 fans at Madison Square Garden with the whole oh. world watching. And, and a rivalry to... To defend, you exactly. Know. The pressure of all that it's is what really got on the line here, but uh... like Cody is, Cody's got a, uh, he's like obviously got a high school wrestling background. Well, yeah. obviously above all else, he's an ABA junior boxing champion. Who was so uh, Who was I think TJ? he'll outstri- obviously he'll outstrike uh, TJ. But then you look at the videos of TJ sparring with Lomachenko. and it's just like Jesus. Like he can throw as well. He can bang. So I think it's going to be a really tough one all around, but I just think in every aspect of the fight that Cody is like 2 or 3% better in every area. Yeah. So I think he'll just edge it out on that way. What do you think about that? I agree. I think he's just... he's just. Um, I think he's still improving as well, which is a scary thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's only 25 years... 26 now, sorry. 26 years old. He's won the belt. He's, uh, he's got his eye, they, well, both of them have, to be fair. Both of them have got their eyes on that second title and stopping DJ's run, haven't they? Yeah, that was interesting because uh, it was on one of the conference calls. They both, they both said if they win, they're going to drop. So they actually see stopping uh, Mighty Mouse as the money fight now, which is good for Mighty yeah. Mouse because he deserves like something good. But um, when T... He when, does, yeah. When Cody Garbrandt first got injured and Dana White was saying about Dillashaw going down, Mighty Mouse didn't sound too convinced or happy about it. I don't think he's got a choice now he's broke the record, has he? At the end of the day, he wants to face stiffest competition. And uh, Mighty Mouse's exact words were that he weren't fighting him because he didn't have a belt. And yeah. it's not a money fight, not two champions. Where whoever wins this belt, if they move down, like they're two weight champions, then for it becomes an absolutely massive mega fight, really, doesn't it? Because um, it's interesting because uh, Mighty Mouse's only two losses are both at 135. Yeah, but obviously they're 135 pounders, aren't they? Yeah, they are, yeah. So it is a uh, tough one. I think it'd be hard for him, but obviously you just got to see how it plays out and you're a new, obviously, will be up against in the future. So we're both both going for uh, Cody on that. What are you saying? We didn't even give us official prediction for, Bispin, for the Bispin GSP thing. We're missing a trick there. What's your official prediction right now for the Bispin GSP fight? Go. As We're not going to be one of them podcasts <laughs> that sit on the fence and just like kiss I'm each saying, their I'm ass. I'm saying Bispin by finish. If I I'm, saying Bispin de- I'm saying Bispin decision. I'm saying Bispin by uh, TKAKO. Which round? Two or three. That's it. You read it here first. That's what's happening. And then your official prediction for Cody versus TJ? I think it's a Cody decision. I think it's a Cody decision as well, but I'm just going to be like a decision machine, this whole fight card, and it's the just going to piss maker. everybody off. Because <laughs> like moving on to the... Probably, you shouldn't say this, because every fight is obviously a potential stumbling block, but I just can't see Rose stopping Joanna. Yeah, Joanna's just unstoppable, isn't she? She's just... This, this, oh yeah, she's unbelievable. She's just so. But I, w- I will say this now, and this is a bold, bold statement, right? I will say that. I'm not saying Rose is going to win. I'm just saying that Rose is going to probably be her toughest opponent, just because she's well-rounded. I think at some point in the fight, that Rose is going to have Joanna in a bit of trouble. Well, the most trouble we've seen her in, but. You know, Joanna's a champion. She's she's got the experience in that, and she's unstoppable. She the only problem, the problem with Rose is it's pretty obvious that well, we know from like experience and what Pat Barry said on the uh, MMA Hour and what have you. She obviously in the past she's had some like mental issues. Yeah, she's does she really struggle mentally. And, do you know what made that worse on the conference call? Joanna start mentioned it. I don't know if you heard that. 
you're yeah, gonna, really you're gonna give her some shit about it, and I don't think she liked it. Now, I mean, whether Joanna's trying to get into her head because she does play a bit of mental warfare, Joanna, especially oh, yeah, face-offs and that. You know, she's not just um, she doesn't just do all the work in the octagon. She does do a bit of mental warfare before, but um, I mean, Thug Rose, she's six and three, right? Yeah, she's twenty-five years old. She's learning as she's going. Second shot at the belt as well. Yeah, she's learning as she's going on. Yeah, well, second shot for the belt. She was only two and one when she fought for the belt. (laughs) But uh, she's always learning as she's going on and what have you. But, um, I mean, she obviously deserves a shot because Joanna's walked through the entire division. But I just think it's too much too soon. Like, a few years down the line, then maybe when she has a bit of a win streak on her belt. What she's fighting is the most dominant woman fighter in the world who's got... Like, what you've got to bear in mind is Joanna, before this point, has, like, 50-odd kickboxing fights. Do you know what I mean? She's a three-time world champion in kickboxing or something like that. So she's going up against uh, the stats that heavily stacked against her. Pardon? She had a lot of fights in Muay Thai, I think it was. Yeah, exactly. So she's just an absolute ruthless killer. She Shevchenko when she's lost to Shevchenko a couple of times. When you see them two next to each other, there's a a massive weight discrepancy between the two. But Shevchenko can I just see, to be honest, to one, one, two, five because she doesn't cut any weight for one, three, five. So I think in the move, moving a bit of a tangent here, I think in the future we're going to see uh, Joanna and Jacek versus um, Shevchenko at one, two, five. Yeah, you see, what you're going to uh, obviously get is the fact that Joanna's <laughs> going to want to move up, which is going to clear out the division twice in next like three fights, isn't she? Yeah. But in terms of the actual fight itself. I think that her striking skills are just so much on another level. And she's beat like Carolina, who she's obviously lost. I just don't think Thug Rose has faced the competition that Joanna has. And when she's come up against like, the upper echelon people that Joanna seemed to like, don't get me wrong, they put up a bit of a fight, but she did. She got out, she was like in third or fourth gear. Yeah. And uh, I just think that she'll be too much for her. Her striking skills will be too much. She'll probably break her mentally. And even though she's ground like had decisions in the last three fights, I just see the fact that she'll just manage to stop her late in third or fourth round. It'll be like enough's enough, and she'll just eventually crack her. You, you do, do you know what? I, I have to agree. I think, <laughs> I think it's going to be a. I, I still. I think. I think Rose is going to come out fast, and she's going to put Joanna in some sort of danger early on in the fight. But after a while, I think, yeah, I think JJ's going to get the better of her and get the stoppage. So, what I agree. so there we go. So basically we've gone with all three champions for the three championship fights retaining the belts. Yeah, and probably got them all wrong. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> was back for one fight and then he's retired, done, see yeah. you later. So Loses uh, the middleweight belt and that's it, it's over. That's the three, but yeah, the, uh, three obviously, but like we said earlier, they absolutely... They absolutely stacked the card, and uh, Tom Wonderboy versus Masvidal is more night. than a beginning fight. Oh god, fight I couldn't be any more excited for a fight. I think the only fight that I've been this excited for, like actually stylistically and matchup wise, this year, and it didn't come to fruition, is the Ferguson Khabib fight. Yeah, oh that was Thompson versus Masvidal. It's just gonna be absolute fireworks. Yeah, you see, both of them are gonna come and bang. Yeah, exactly. Both of them are going to come and bang. I just feel that Wonderboy is obviously the more accomplished and cleaner striker of the two. And as the rounds go on, I know it's only a three-round fight, but as the rounds go on and the fatigue starts to kick in, I do just see Thompson like starting to tee off on him a little bit. Because he's a very... Masvidal's an open fighter. He's like, yeah. take three to give four sort of fighter. I'd imagine that Wonderboy... After a few early like skirmishes between two of them and a few early like back and forth, he will find his range and he will start to tee off on, on him a little bit. He's a bit raw, Masvidal, to, for the likes of Wonderboy, I'd imagine, but could be miles yeah, off. Yeah, I've got to go with Wonderboy. I just think his striking's just a bit more clinical and uh, precise. But See, Mas- it's going to be no, a hell of a he's fight. The, that's what I mean. It's going to be on a hell of a fight. But the thing with Masvidal is, at the end of the day, you look at his record, and he's 32 and 12. I mean, don't get me wrong. 
is a he's fought he has fought to the fought like a who's who in that sort of division. He's been at UFC for an awful long time, but I do feel there's a reason why he, he's obviously never got he's never got really close to the belt, has he? No. Do you know what I mean? He lost him. He's Maya. never had like a, an eliminator. He beat Cerrone, who was a bit on the side. He beat Jay Kellenberger and he beat Ross Pearson. Before that, he lost to Larkin and Henderson. But I just mean this is like a real step up. Don't get me wrong, Maya's an incredible fighter. And he lost like a close split decision to him, but I just think it's too. I think it's too much. The yeah. Wonderboy. I don't think. I don't think Masvidal's in that upper upper echelon. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Plus, he kept calling out Bisping. So if Bisping sees him backstage, likely to just slap the spit straight out of his mouth. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, how, do you think there's a stoppage? Do you think it's a decision or? With it being three rounds. I'd be tempted to go towards a decision for Wonderboy, yeah. but I'd go, I'd go had it been any, decision. had it been any longer, had it been any longer, I would have gone with a stoppage. So just because I don't want to go with stoppage after stoppage after stoppage, I'm going to go with a TKO for Wonderboy in the third round. I'm going to go for decision, Wonderboy. Because you see, he's so technically advanced to Masvidal. I just feel like Masvidal A won't be able to get him down for a start if he wanted to. But B, he's, like, he's so technically advanced that he could literally stand off him and play a points game, couldn't he? You know, like, like sort of points. Done, he? He's a, he's a points. That points karate yeah, style that yeah. he uses where he's on the lean back and he just counters them and counters them and counters them. Obviously, that's what I feel like he'll do. But once he's teed off on him enough and he sees the opening, he does he usually yeah, of he go for the kill. He wants that third shot. At the end of the day, he's drawn one, and these are two very, very close fights with Woodley. I don't get me wrong, I don't want to see that ever again, because they're just such a clash of styles, and it just looked absolutely horrendous. Uh, but, like I said, that welterweight division at the minute is absolute oh, fire. The welterweight division is... You could like, can you imagine fights. a matchup between Wonderboy and Till? There's so many great matchups out there. You've got Mike Perry on the rise... I Till mean, mentioned on the MMA Hour earlier. Do you see Till on the MMA Hour? Like, I saw it a little well, bit. When he said, like, uh, he's the best striker at welterweight division, he says, and uh, he wants, he thinks the most exciting fa- matchup for him would be uh, Wonderboy. So it'd be a striking clinic, but he'd just clean him out and knock him the fuck out. <laughs> I love it. I love Till. He's amazing. I, just, I hope he... Uh, just... I can't, like, at first, the Mike Perry call-out for Till, right... I thought it's a bit. Uh, I really want to see that fight now because they're big enough. But the the big question is, will will Perry get past Ponzinibbio? So. Yeah, we'll get that. But like I said, realistically, that sort of fight it is a good fight, but it has to headline Liverpool because if you just put that like third on well, UFC two twenty in Boston, it's just a completely pointless experience. Of after the, after the build MMA hour, after the MMA hour yesterday, apparently on Twitter. MMA, uh, MMA, UFC Liverpool was trending. Oh, really? Yeah, so there's a big call-out for him. Hopefully, because I'll be honest, right, UFC London, I don't, I'm fed up of going to London now. Yeah. You know, you can do it somewhere else and that. Till was saying, though, that the UFC, uh, the UFC Europe guy, I don't know what's his name, who was in charge of it, but he said that day for London is practically nailed down already. Yeah, and I've heard, I've heard Dublin a couple of months after as well. Yeah, they'll both be fight nights, obviously. They're not good pay-per-view yeah, cards. No, 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 not pay-per-views. But uh, the final fight on the main card is Hendricks and Paolo Baracina, which obviously, that is, he's obviously moved to Jackson's, hasn't he, Hendricks? Yes, he has. He's moved to Jackson's. But I think Brendan Sharp said it best. It's like a retirement home, isn't it? Yeah. For fighters. <laughs> I mean, he's at the end of his career. He's had a very long paper round, that's a fact. And uh, surprising though, isn't it? How, like, it comes full circle and he's back on the same card as uh, when like GSP's return after the fight, obviously that they had. Yeah. But when you like when you've lost, I think it's five out of your last seven, and you've not made weight in three or four of them. I think it's just time to. Well, pack didn't, it in didn't he move up job. to middleweight and missed it middleweight as well? <laughs> yeah, at that point, I'd have just been like, see ya. He's just, you know, I can't, I can't see him being around much longer. He's just. Getting a few more paydays, isn't he? Yeah, he needs it, doesn't he? Because the big rig steakhouse that he set up on the back of him uh, going actually quite big, that just went to absolute pot, apparently. 
So in his last nine fights, he has lost one, two, three, four, five, six. So he's and he's going six. against an undefeated fighter who's knocked out his last two opponents in the UFC. It's going to be an early uh, bath for, uh, for I think so as well. I don't see any way around it. I mean, he's 10-0. Don't forget me wrong, he's probably fought some Brazilian bums along the way that we've never heard of. But he's uh, 10-0. Nine of them by TKO or KO. Just, I think he's just going to clean... Uh, it's just a big name for him to put over as another up-and-coming fighter. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen at the end oh, of the day. So, um, for... Um... Paulo Boricina. This is this is kind of his it's first biggest test, isn't it? Yeah, it's the biggest yeah. test. He's coming out party. He's on the main card. He's not on like Fox. He's not on Fight Pass or anything like that. Basically, it's, 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 his, it's, his, it's a good opportunity for him. Exactly. If he wins this in emphatic circumstances and like comes out of it with a first or second round KO slash TKO, like I expect him to, he's like gonna his name's gonna be up there. It's like the next one to headline a sort of fight night in Brazil, isn't it? I'm just having a look at his record now, and uh, ten and up. All his all his ten wins are all finishes, nine knockouts, one submission. That's what I'm saying. So he's gonna finish. He's gonna finish and, Hendrix. And no disrespect to Hendrix, it's a washed up Hendrix, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bag of shit, Hendrix, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, and, and more, his biggest fight, Hendrix, this weekend will be the scales. Yeah, and he's probably going to eat them along the way. I mean, they couldn't have actually put him. <laughs> they couldn't have put him in a worse city, could they? New York. Like, they put pizza, him in New York. The amount of food that's around him. He'll have landed. He'll have sniffed out all them pizza joints within 13 <laughs> seconds of landing. He'll have come in. It's Greg Jackson will have been like, right, everything's on point. Just keep it together mentally, mate. We're at 195 pounds. We've only got 10 pounds to go. Greg goes to sleep. Wakes up next morning. 211 pounds. Put on sixteen pounds overnight and have been demolishing pizza all night. That sort of thing that he'd do, and then he choked at scales like one hundred and ninety and below. Like, oh, that's like it's another catchweight bout. So he'll get his payday, and uh, I think to be honest, at that point, I don't know how many fights he's got left on his <laughs> on his contract or anything like that. But UFC obviously need to sort of see him out. But uh, like I said, we'll briefly uh, go over the uh, prelims that are let's, on Fox let's do a Sport. Prediction for that. What's your official prediction? Oh, I think Paolo's going to knock him out in second round. Yeah? You reckon he'll go, go second? I'll, I'll go second round, second round. So we're agreeing on that one? Yeah. Like I said, once the chin goes, the chin goes. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's uh, He lost like three decisions and he got like TKO'd by Tim Boach and TKO'd by Wonderboy. But uh, just like I think he's, he's getting on a bit, isn't he? You know what I mean? And once it's... Once they pass that stage, everything happens in runs in MMA. So like boxing, where they build a career. It's like, once you've had five or six fights and you're undefeated, it's like, right, see you later, you're straight in with the big boys now. And then they either sink or swim. Like Pettis, for example. He just went on an absolute RDA, another one. He went on an absolute tear. And then they just drop off the face of a cliff. Yeah, well, Pettis... They find their level, and then that's it. Because... In MMA, you fight in the top. Once you get to that level, it's like Weidman, another one. Once you get to that level, it's like you're fighting the who's who every single time. That's why Abyss has been so impressive, because he's been doing it for 10 years. Like Don't get me wrong, he's won some and lost some. He's lo- yeah, exactly. He's won some and he's lost some, Bisping, but he's been doing it for 10 years and he's fought the who's who. And like, Whereas in boxing, it's like, oh, we can take a mandatory here, we can take a voluntary there, and then four fights down the line. It's like the Alvarez versus Triple G fight. That could have been made. If that had been UFC, that would have been made three years ago. Oh, it'd have been. You'd, that that would have probably been the third time they're fighting each other. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Whereas they just cushioned themselves so much. Obviously, that's just it is what it is, isn't it? But uh, like I said, my official prediction for that is him to knock him out in the uh, second round. Happy days. What's, uh... But we move on to uh, Duffy versus Vic, which is the main event of the Fox card. I think that's and a usually, great usually. They put them sort of fights on as the last one on the Fox card because they want it to be an absolute barn burner, tear the roof down, it'd be an absolute bloodbath, and then everyone's like gagging for it, and then you get a load of last-minute pay-per-view buys, which judging from how this card's trending, that's what they're actually, they need. I think that's a good fight to do it, though. I think that's going to be good. And it's nice to see that, it's nice to see Duffy signed, uh, he signed for five more fights. 
Yeah, so, we're getting uh, I was actually speaking when I went to Cage Warriors in Newport uh, about three weeks ago, speaking to Joe Duffy's dad there. He actually oh, yeah. lived in Wales. And, um, yeah, he recognised me from London. Uh, we're having a good chat again. And uh, I asked him about it. He, obviously, Joe was delighted to uh, be on the New York card and that. And, oh, yeah. Um, he was saying basically that um, Bellator offered Duffy a contract, slightly, you know, better money, but Duffy went with the UFC because he he valued it more and thought it was more value, which is interesting. But it's, it's He's a really good. Seventeen and two, he lost to Dustin, didn't he? Like uh, about what was it, two years ago now? I was one nine five. I was at that fight. Oh yeah. It was unbelievable. <laughs> he's only fought, I don't know if he, has he had an injury or something like that because he hasn't really, he's not been that active, has he? Who, Duffy? Yeah. He's not been particularly active. Like, he fought at International Fight Week in 2016 and then he fought on that London card that we went to and Manuel knocked out Anderson. But yeah. he's not like, been too active. For somebody that's got a record of 17 and 2, you'd think he'd want to be in there and building his name and. I know he's not quite at that level, but. He's got a good enough record to sort of back it up, but he just needs to, you know, climb to that next sort of level. And a fight like this is really the one to sort of do it, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, Vic's going to... two, like, prospects that have got really good futures, like 11-1 and and 17-2. and They're both relatively experienced. They haven't got many losses, like, between them. And whoever wins this will be looking to have a fight with somebody in the top ten. But like you say... They're, that sort they're both going to bring the best out of each other, and that's why they put them on last before the <laughs> before the pay per view because then they know they're going to get a load of buys at that last minute. I think. It's, but what's your it's, official? It's, I'm going to go with. I think I'll, when I whatever my prediction is for this one, I think I'm going to go with my heart over my head. But I think uh, I'm, Duffy will beat him with a decision. Yeah, I'm going Duffy decision, but it's it's hard to pick really. And the next fight on the prelims is heavyweight, and it's uh, our very own, your friend and mine, Mark Godbeer. Ah, Godbeer, yeah. So Godbeer was meant to uh, fight Walt Harris Bonney at um, yep. on uh, the Ferguson, um, how was it? Ferguson Lee fight, but um, obviously the uh, Doom was meant to be fighting. Um, oh, what's his name? The big dude, the funny one. Heavyweight. Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis, that's it. Derek Lewis. Just before we go any further, Derek Lewis's Instagram is literally the funniest thing oh, yeah. I've ever seen. It's so like It's absolute comedy gold. So if anyone's not following Derek Lewis on Instagram, get following him because he's absolutely hilarious. But moving on to this, this fight, he's, uh, the, his fight, like what I said, is they've both got like nice sort of, they're both coming off like not a loss, but like they've had a loss recently, haven't they? Do you know what I mean? And uh, it's not sort of... Like, Walt Harris lost like a month ago yeah. to Verdun. So neither of these two guys are going to be challenging for belts or anything like that anytime soon, are they? It's only Mark... How many fights Mark Godbeer had in... Uh, is it one or two in the UFC? I'm not sure, but I know that if you don't beat Walt Harris, whose record's 10-6 and six, and he's just lost to Verdun about three weeks ago, then he needs to seriously pack it in. This is his third fight in the UFC. So, yep. But um, he, he, he's only 12 for free. I'm, I'm, I'm backing the fellow Brit. I'm not going to go... Oh, yeah. Mark I'm going to back him as well. I mean, Harris got absolutely murked in a minute by Verdun. So, I mean, he's going to come out. If he comes out hard, then obviously Godbeer's going to want to try and take his head off. He'll, uh, I think he could do it, to be honest. I mean, he's just got... He's got everything sort of... We might, we might see Godbeer get a submission. He's only got two, but... If it's anything like the the Verdun... I mean, it's always it's always hard with heavyweights. Yeah, it is, but, like, people come to see heavyweights get knocked out, man. Yeah. And that's belt tickets. But, like I said, it's one of them pick him. I'm picking Godbeer. I think he'll beat him. I think he'll finish him. I think he'll finish him in first or second round. I'm going, ra- I'm then... going round two, Godbeer. So, uh, I think he could get a submission, but for official prediction, it's, it's TKO KO. The final fight that we shall discuss on the card itself is the return of Mickey Gall. Ah, Mickey Gall. He's, he's got uh, some facial hair now. He's all grown up, bless him. 
has he? Okay. Back in the game. When you're 4-0 with rear, with, all with rear naked chokes through your first round and one in the second. Do you know what's interesting you've got about to this start. fight? What is it? So, Randy Brown and Mickey Gore were actually trained together and were like kind of friends. Oh, really? And I think it's Randy Brown that pushed for this fight. So, Mickey nice. Gore was just like, fuck it, yeah, I'll fight, yeah. yeah. Randy Brown lost to Belal Muhammad in his last fight, didn't he? And it was a uh, yes, it was a unanimous decision. Uh, I just, I, I think that I've got a lot of faith in Mickey Galmi and a lot of I people do. that are high up in the sport. I think they underestimated him when they, they put him in at first. I think they underestimated his skill level. He's a legit brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and he's got yeah, that, that brown belt obviously translates. If you can translate it into MMA, it like works out as a black, black belt. Yeah. He's got four rear naked chokes to his name, so that speaks for itself. And he's, it's not like he's just for... It's like, in, U- it's like in WWE, it's a finishing yeah. move. <laughs> Sage, I mean, he beat Sage Northcutt. I mean, Sage Northcutt's still, you know, on the rise in that. Um, I mean, Randy Brown is a bit of a name, but, you know, I think they're building him up a little bit, do you know what I mean? Let's just have a prediction now, have you? I am going for Randy Brown to be a more difficult fight, as he's got quite a bit of experience, than he's fought before. There's not many people that I know that he's fought, to be honest. I mean, if you don't have an Instagram page and you're an MMA fighter, I do not know who you are. But uh, they're both pretty young, obviously. Gaul's younger and Randy Brown's 27. I am going to go with a decision win for Gaul. I'd like to see him get finished, obviously, but I just think like, it might be a bit of a tough test and yeah. I think he's going to get a decision win. I'm, I'm going to go a bit different. I'm going to go Mickey Gore round three. Submission. Nice. Right, the final prediction that we've got to make in analysing this card is, and we do this before every pay-per-view event, and we have done but last year, is you're going to predict how many pay-per-view buys it's going to do. I'm going to go 650. I'm going to go 720. So we're going to write them down, and then obviously next week we'll see. Who be, oh, well, we'll probably know in a couple of weeks, really. But we'll uh, sort of come back to that and see who was the uh, closest. Now, a section that we're going to have in this podcast is we're not sponsored by any betting company, by the way, but we're forever like putting accumulators on fights or little bets here and there. So if you were to go with what we said, which would be obviously Bisping, Garbrandt, uh, G- Joanna, Wonderboy, and Paolo all to win. I think you'd be onto a nice little. Uh... Can you get the odds up for that now? Can you? Yeah, we can get it up now. Let's have a look and see what we're working with here, because I'm sure that uh, it'll be a nice little learner for people. While you look for there, I'm just going to do a little plug. Um, so, if you're not already following, make sure you follow our sponsors, the MMA Bible. And you can find these at Twitter. So the Twitter handle is at the MMA Bible. Uh, for Facebook, it's uh, facebook.com forward slash the MMA Bible page. And then for Instagram, it's the MMA Bible underscore. So make sure you follow them. They do funny memes, um, fight news, funny videos, polls, and they actually do regular giveaways, tickets merchandise the lot so give them a follow and if you go with all our picks for the main card you are onto an 8 to 1 winner and I'll guarantee that myself so that's 100% going to happen so I'll be having well, so you're uh, saying you, if yeah. anyone places that bet and loses you'll give them the money back you're that confident <laughs> I'll take the bet off them <laughs> <laughs> I'll put 20 quid on the fact that they're going to come out and that will obviously give you a return of £180. Boom. How about who's, that? Who's that with? That was Skybet. That. They tend to have the, it tends to be the best we're, website we're not, for it. We're not sponsored by Skybet. We ain't going to give out any dodgy tips. No, no. But, uh, yeah, like I said, we're, uh, we're moving swiftly on because other than the fact that there's a massive card this weekend, there's also... Well, MMA news just keeps, seems to come every minute. I don't know about you, but I'm on my phone and then like the next thing, oh, boom, something, up up, boom, something happened. This week it's just been absolutely crazy. But obviously, what I'd consider the biggest news of the entire week, which will be music to most MMA fans' ears, is the return of Khabib. Well, if he, if he makes the scales. 
Well, all right, I gave him the biggest build-up ever then. And Sorry. you just went, oh, if you just make scales. No, no, no. Oh, no. It is, He's going to make the scales. Barboza is a great fight. It's, it's just a, absolute it's fire, isn't fight. it? But you can see where people are coming from. So this is this is Khabib's big chance. If he can come yeah, in... Yeah, this is it. Comes in, makes weight, cleans Barbosa out in easy fashion like he has than everybody else. Yeah. All the haters, all the people that say he hasn't fought anybody or his records are cushioned one or anything like that, they can all eat shit because Khabib will be on a tear. Now, obviously, with that being said, and that being official, 100%, I'm led to believe that that puts me in a position where I think Connor's going to be fighting Tony. Mm. Because if they wouldn't have that fight sort of penciled in or know what's happening, I think they've done Khabib versus Tony. Does, it's, it's, it's to a stage where you can't you can't fight for the interim belt. You've got that... Cause yeah, I but if Connor weren't going back to the July... That's what I'm it's saying. If Conor coming back to say July, then obviously you'd have to defend the interim belt. And that just, it seems silly for me defending the interim belt like, you know what I mean though, you know where I'm coming from. Oh yeah, 100%. But I think, yeah, it all depends when Kyle comes back, but he, for me, as much as I'd love to see the Diaz fight, he's got to fight Tony next. And, and that Tony fight is getting a bit of, when it, you know, Tony first won the belt, it got a bit of steam behind it, right? I think. Oh yeah, well. I th- that has to happen for me, but Khabib, uh, Barbosa is a great fight, and that two nineteen card in general is unbelievable as well. It's just missing that headliner. I'm just going to put it out there right now. I'm saying UFC two 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 in March in Vegas, St Paddy's Day is Connor versus Tony. You reckon? And I'm a hundred percent going to it. Fact. I wish. I think that's the only thing that can happen. St. Paddy's Day in Vegas, can you imagine that? It's a licence to print money for him. An absolute licence to print money for him. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't even put into words how amazing not only the fight would be, but the build-up would be. It'd be absolutely incredible. And then, as Khabib said on the MMA Hour, Khabib vs. Connor International Fight Week. Oh. <laughs> Next year looks you think, like... Uh, so you think Khabib's going to beat Barbosa then? Well, we'll get into that closer to the time. I still yeah. have to like I'll watch a few of the fights back and what have you. What you've got to bear in mind is, like with Khabib, is he's not a, he's obviously not an active fighter, is he? No, he's very big for that weight as well. Yeah, and like I said, he's not a very active fighter, so it's quite difficult to like really pin all your hopes and sort of dreams on him. I mean, the fact that he's fought three times since 2013 doesn't really fill him with much confidence. But I just think he's like an unbelievable talent, and I think yeah, he'll have yeah. money to get by Barbosa. But, like I said, that'll lead to a massive showdown in the summer with either the winner of Connor versus Tony. I think that's what they're playing for. I know you can't do MMA math and nothing ever works out how you sort of want it to, but that's obviously what it's angling towards, isn't it? Mm, yeah, definitely. Which would be absolutely unbelievable if it sort of were to come to fruition. But uh, that all, the whole 219 card itself is just like absolutely stacked and it still hasn't got a headliner yet this is interesting I've just got a message here is it, it's not Dana telling you who is fighting on your C219 is it so it's from a friend uh, back in Nottingham he's a professional fighter he used to fight on Cage Warriors back in the day Leon uh, Grado He's just messaged me and said, have you heard about Connor versus Diaz Free in Boston? No way. No way. <laughs> I, I do not believe that for a long time, it? For a start... So well, that would be UFC 220? Yeah, it's February, isn't it? Yeah. Is it February 3rd? I'm not sure, but... but... I'm not saying this is true, what he's messaged me in that. But Boston, January 20th. That is not... That is Boston too, does, too. No, but I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying, but Boston does have a bit of logic behind it. Yeah, it does. But in terms of, like... I know that it'd sell out anyway. No, he he just day. said it may be bullshit. It will be bullshit. It will be bullshit. 100%. Yeah. I think Conor will get Christmas out of way with his family and what have you. Sit down, sign a deal for March. And then he's got a good 12 weeks before. He can do all the press. He can do everything. He can build the fight as he always does. 
and it'll be something else. But uh, back to that 219 card. <laughs> I mean, when you've got Khabib Barbosa and Dominic Cruz versus Jimmy Rivera, it doesn't really... And the return of Carlos Condit, it doesn't oh, I can't really... can't wait for Carlos Condit to come back, the natural born killer. I think he just needs that one like headline fight. Just, just, just needs need some meaty title fight or something. Exactly. Um, I know we've got Gokun Saki fighting, which will be an unbelievable. He's fighting Roundtree as well. That's going to be a hell of a fight. But we'll, we'll, we'll digest this and go into it never the time. But we'll if, discuss what would you think are the possible main events that could headline that card. Right, I'm going to say this, right? And Stipe is not fought in a while. And I seen yep. him the other day. He put something about because apparently he's been having uh, contract negotiations, uh, contract yep. issues, and discrepancies. Uh, he put up, it might have been a couple of weeks ago, something about oh, should we get a fight booked or something? I think Stipe is there for the opening. Yeah, but who against? Well, when's the um, Engano Rovery match? That's two nine two eighteen. Yeah, doesn't That's leave much. No. Too who, soon. Who else have you, I mean, Kane's out. Verdum. Yeah, Verdum. The, the only person he could possibly do is Verdum, isn't it? Oh no, Verdum signed to fight. Yeah, in um, Australia. It's definitely not. It's not going to be Stipe, is it? It's very weird. I mean, they're, they're pretty stuck, aren't they? Let's I mean, go through champions. So, is it possible for any of these champions that fight at the weekend to to get it turned around? Well, no, because the winner's going to be fighting... Uh, they could do DJ versus the winner of the uh, TJ yeah. versus Cody fight, but I wouldn't imagine they'd go with that. Woodley, maybe? Uh, Woodley? I, I know well, I think they were planning still... on originally. Originally, they were planning on, weren't they? The co-main being uh, Nunes versus Pennington, weren't they? Yes, but Pennington was in a car accident, apparently, and messed up a leg. Who's she broke a leg? It was basically it was verbally agreed, wasn't it? The fight was yeah. verbally agreed, and then the car crash happened. But uh, do I tell you what fight I think they're going to go with? What? I think they're going to go with the main event, and I think it's going to be Cyborg versus Home. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that has been gathering. Well, I know Cyborg's been pushing. See what happens with all goes. fights, right? Is they gather momentum. Social media, they're all just blasting each other, gathering, 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 and then it all just quiet. And then, boom, the next morning you wake up in the UK and there's been an announcement about UFC that the fight's on. Yeah. I think... I think That's what I imagine. I think two title fights for 219. What, Cormier versus... Is Gustafsson not signed to fight anybody, is it? I don't know. No. Well, they were on about Ozdemir, weren't they? But I think yeah. they're going to go with DC versus Gustafsson for the title and then the Cormier home versus Cyborg. And I'd, I'd quite happily take that. Done. I think that the home Cyborg fight would be... A good fight. Oh yeah, it'd be incredible. <laughs> it'd be absolutely incredible. But that'd obviously leave you with uh, the 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 Khabib fight, the Cruz fight. They'd be more than happy to have Khabib as the co-main. You know that. Yeah. So that's why I think Russia they're going to. He does the numbers in Russia. I think they're going to head to edge the bets on the, the uh, cyborg home, and then have Khabib as the co-main, and then obviously Cruz on the card, and then Condit. I think that's going to be a full card. I think they're just going to have that one title on the line and it's going to be the featherweight championship between Home and Cyborg. Yeah. What do you make of that? I'd, I'd it's pretty stacked card, that. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You've got Mark Bartai, PC's returning as well on that card. Yeah, yeah. We met him last week, didn't we? Well, a couple of weeks ago in Sheffield. Oh, yeah, we did, yeah. Um, ACB. That was a good night. Well, apart from the... Well, I wanted Luke Barnett to win, but, you know... <laughs> That's like a it was a class fight, to be fair. When we met him in the like the uh, bar after, he was an absolute legend. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's great. But uh, like I said, that um, with Condit coming back, that just makes that welterweight division just. That welterweight well, division is probably the most exciting at the minute. It's the most exciting it's ever been for a fight. Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. I'd love him. And to the do best like fighter in the whole division. The best fighter in the whole division isn't even in the UFC. Rory McDonald. Yeah, he's fighting. This is interesting, actually. So he's penciled in to fight uh, for the belt, uh, Douglas Lima. Well, 185? No, in January. Oh, to fight for the 170. 
That is the same night, I believe, as the Boston card. So, uh, uh, from a, a tweet I read earlier, those two cards are going head-to-head. So, the same night, they're putting both them cards on. Well, let me just tell you this. <laughs> if Connor versus Diaz, then the Bellator will cancel their card. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I think at welterweight, it's like, obviously, it's all up for... Uh, sort of discussion and what have you but I think an unwritten rule is the fact that Lawler versus uh, RDA is the number one contender fight say that again sorry so I think that Lawler versus RDA is the number one contender fight oh that UFC Winnipeg card stacked as well for a fight yeah that's, that's ridiculous I can't wait till we break you, that you one down you can put a title fight on that card and you've got a legit pay per view it's that strong oh yeah but like I said the RDA versus um, Lawler fight is practically number one contender fight but yeah. uh, unless I don't, I don't I think however impressive Wonderboy is he isn't going to get that third shot but if Masvidal goes out and just tears him a new arsehole then they're going to give him the title shot because he can I think he can sell but realistically when you look at the rankings and what have you the number one contender fight is obviously Lawler versus RDA and then you've got an absolute pack of wolves coming up behind them oh, in Mike Perry and Till oh. mate that, that division's ridiculous imagine if they did a tournament like the Super 6 they do in boxing it'd be unbelievable that's what I'm saying to do a tournament it'd be class It'd like they'd get all the names over as well. They'd all be on the same sort of press conferences and what have you. They'd all interact, and then that'd lead to other fights like down the yeah. line when they built up this bit of a rivalry and what have you. So I don't understand why they don't uh, do it. But I think we've actually covered. Have we covered everything with regards to MMA? What's going on this week? Or yeah, is there anything left on your itinerary? <laughs> now, you know, I'll tell you what's left on the itinerary is the fact that it was like the biggest fight of the weekend and we could have gone to it but we didn't because we bottled it and that was the uh, AJ fight Ah, uh, the Joshua fight I t- tell you what, that Takum's got a cement head Literally, it's like me trying to like, knock a hole in the wall I mean, that was just absolutely ridiculous But did you well. see... Uh, did you see Tyson Fury pop up on social media today? Yeah, so he said he, he reckon he said he's back and that, and he, he's called out Wilder and Joshua, I believe. He says he's back. Yeah. He says this day I'm coming back. I'm taking over. I found it absolutely brilliant. I love Fury, mate. He's great. He says some really ridiculous stuff, and he's a bit mentally unstable. But he's just absolute gold. I mean, anybody that pulls up to a press conference in a Lamborghini dressed as Batman and then walks in and smokes <laughs> ten-year undefeated champion—that's my kind of guy. Yeah. He's absolutely hilarious. And if the fight was ever to come to fruition, it'd be very, very, very hard to back against Fury, to be honest, wouldn't it? As, as much as it breaks me, I agree. No, I do like <laughs> Fury. He's, he's class. Like, he's funny. He's, he's hilarious, he's isn't he? But the heavyweight division... Do you know what I mean? He's an interesting character in that. The heavyweight division is just so stacked. I mean, Wilder's got, Wilder's got the fights to burn this weekend, hasn't he? Yeah. But, like, he's only beaten once. So, no, can't no. see him slipping up. But um, another um, things we need to discuss before before we go, um, uh, no. we forgot everything. Uh, we've uh, we've done well there. What about the, uh, <laughs> the weekend's action in the MMA uh, Sao Paulo? Oh yeah. Well, we'll discuss the as well. Yeah, get onto that. You see, well, UFC Sao Paulo. I watched it, and uh, well. You can uh, take it from there because the two, obviously, the two main events was uh, what everyone like was uh, talking about afterwards. Like with Colby Covington calling them dirt, what do you call them, filthy animals, the Brazilians. He released a statement on Twitter as well. But do you know what? He is a dick, and he has come across a dick. But I can see why he's doing it. Oh yeah, because he knows it itself, and it's from the same. Isn't he from the same city as um, or there or thereabouts as uh, Chael? think so yeah so um obviously let's let's talk about the main event for sao paulo brunson came out and just smashed he just yeah. walked through didn't he machine is done machine is over you have a two-year layoff of steroids you get off the steroids you come back and you shit and that's it Party's so where does this up. leave for Derek brunson now because he he lost to anderson silver but that was very narrow i thought so where, where does this yeah, leave he's, brunson because he's he, a very promising fighter he got beat by like, Whitaker, didn't he as well He's a very promising fighter, but Whitaker, Whitaker smoked him, didn't he? Yeah. 
you know what I mean? He's 33 years old. He's... Uh, his record's not exactly like a glittering one at 18 and 5. He's lost to some, like... He's lost to, like, the upper echelon. You're like Romero, Whitaker, Silva. So he's good, but he's not in that upper, upper echelon, is he? Nah, that's right. That's true. Um, also, on that, so, so out of the fights you watched, who was... Who caught your eye on that Sao Paulo card? One person. All the- I only watched two main events. The oh, co-main and the main. Yeah. So, um, on the... Fight past prelims. Not the fight past prelims. Where am I? So, um, this is it. On the prelims, Jared Gordon. Impressive. Oh, yeah. Very impressive. And... Uh, it was. Vincent Luque as well. He defeated uh, Nico Price. He was undefeated in that. He looked impressive. Um, you had John Lineker. You know, same looked impressive again. It was quite... You've got a few fighters like that, Jared Gordon, who are like yeah. in the mid to twenties. Got a nice little record of like eleven and one, fifteen come from and a, one. Come from a like bad that. background, changing thing around. Yeah, exactly. And like they, yeah. they've got the world sorta of at their feet. But, but yeah, the, um the Sao Paulo card was was a was a good card. Um it was. there's a few good fights on there. Um but I don't think it le- I don't think it shakes many divisions, does it? Like, albeit welterweight, he's the only one that really shook it up. And he says he's not answering the phone unless it's a fight against Woodley. And let me assure you now, he is not getting a fight against Tyron Woodley. You is know it? what though? Just, it wouldn't surprise me if he did, just because of the way things are going. I, I don't know. It's you never know in this sport anymore. Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, I think obviously. Till's going to fight the winner of uh, Ponzinibbio and uh, Perry. Perry, isn't it? You don't think they'll match him up in between uh, before that or anything, no? <sighs> Not if it's March, because he'll just fight the London card, won't he, unless he can talk them into... Hey, Lewis, moving. stop one second there. I've uh, stopped recording for some reason, just now. So we'll have to add this on. An hour and five minutes, we've done mint. Say that again. That was so, an hour and five minutes. I was so fast. Oh no, we're still recording. My bad. <laughs> right. Anyway, we're just, like, giving ourselves a pat on the back for getting this far without really stumbling or dropping the ball. But yeah, like I was saying, other than Colby, nothing really came out of that UFC uh, card. I mean, I tell you what would be a really good fight if uh, Masvidal got past Wonderboy it would be the Masvidal Colby fight because. Them two would just be like, just chirping at each other, you, and it would be fireworks. Would you match up Till with the loser of that fight, uh, Masvidal Thompson? I just let him fight Perry. I think Perry's a great fight to build his name yeah. even more. Because Perry, he, the, he the would, only the only thing yeah, I have with that is two prospects. Bollocks, that is his yeah. MMA just boxing. Just throw them in together, and if they're good enough, they lose. They take it on chin, and they come back on a tear. Perry versus Till could headline a fight night. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In, in Man- it, 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 I guarantee you now, I predict that Till will headline the London car in March. And he'll want it to be Liverpool. We'll all want it to be Liverpool because the atmosphere will be absolutely unbelievable. Echo, but he'll just headline the O2. 20,000. Guaranteed. Obviously, that's a guaranteed sellout as well. Because every time it comes to London, it is. But I think Till will headline against Perry if he gets past Ponzinibbio. And I think it'll be in London unless he can get in their ear and he can uh, chirp to him and make sure it's Liverpool card but uh, we probably covered everything we wanted to there didn't we yeah just have a quick quick uh, talk on Cage Warriors um, so Meatball Molly um, was very impressive she got a decision uh, Paddy was in her corner uh, Cage Warriors have announced they're coming back to Liverpool in February and intentions is for Paddy to headline and then Chris uh, Fishgold defended his uh, lightweight title of submission and then he announced afterwards that he wants to move down to the lightweight uh, not lightweight, featherweight and he says Paddy's a good friend and that because obviously that's Paddy weight, uh, Paddy's division but he's yeah. called out Nad Naramani, the guy who beat Paddy and uh, Chris Fishgold's called him out and said I'm coming for your belt so that'll be interesting so uh, yeah. big warriors they're the current crop like Paddy do you think they could go on and like make a dint in the UFC or not Paddy right now. I think Paddy's got a, a bit more work to do. Um, I think along the right, I've heard a lot of stuff about Paddy. 
away from fighting. And that, I think if Paddy gets on the right t uh, track and sorts things out, then the, the potential's there. But I think the most standout person in Cage Warriors at the moment is Nathaniel Wood. Yeah. <laughs> that fight was just absolutely incredible, wasn't it? So I'd love to see him on that London-Liverpool card, UFC card, whatever they decide to do with it. But Why is he moving now? I don't know. There, there was talks of it, but there's also talks that he's going to have another. He's going to stay with Cage Warriors and fight. So I don't know what's happening, but either way, I'm I'm going to be watching his next fight. So, um, but yeah, I think it's a four-fight win streak, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, with with that said, him. that's about everything we've covered. Yeah. Got it all wrapped up, pal. Happy so, with that. Uh, so uh, you're coming up to mine on Saturday, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. We're going to watch the uh, two seventeen fights. Uh, to get on Twitter and what have you. Anybody that's listening, give us a uh, follow at Lewis Rossi Seven on uh, Instagram or at Matt Bailey nineteen ninety one on Twitter. Well, I said we'll be up here on uh, next Saturday. We'll iron out some fine details and like I know it's been a pilot episode and we've sort of scraped it together, but I hope you enjoyed it. We're, we're quite busy both with our jobs and that, and so we, we, we do what we can when we can. Um, we're gonna get Twitter page. Gonna get we're gonna get all that shaz up and running. These episodes are gonna uh, uh, be smooth and that. But this is our first one tonight. We're just gonna get it out there, see what people think, and take it from there. But uh, Boom. over and out. Cheers. Cheers, join us, guys. See ya.